This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. So as usual, I keep thinking that I'm still like the proverbial spring chicken, and then I schedule these really short trips all the way across the country, only to find that I am not a spring chicken, and I do not bounce back as well as I used to, and I certainly have a hard time sleeping on the red eye. <laughs> so now I've complained. I'm done complaining. Um, I, I just I had a wonderful... A little short trip, I had promised my granddaughter Nixon, who turned seven yesterday, that I would go with her to, well, she wanted to go to Harry Potter World. I thought it was a whole amusement park just devoted to Harry Potter, but it's apparently, it was just a small section of the Universal Studios, Studios? Studios uh, theme park, and, you know, it had like two rides, and one of them she wasn't tall enough to get on. So it was just uh, that part wasn't necessarily the most fun. But just seeing her dressed up in her wizard outfit, and I was able to buy her a uh, a wand, a magic wand for her birthday. And I had no idea what that really was like, but it was a whole big production. We have to, the wand picks you, you don't pick the wand. It's, you know, I I, I really am not much of a Harry Potter a reader. I, I didn't have kids the right age, I guess. And, you know, it came far after. And if my grandkids read them, which they do, I'm not really a part of that. But it was a, it was a, an interesting trip. Once again, I find the dichotomy of the very rich in Los Angeles, particularly in the uh, Shevard Hills area where all the lawyers and doctors live on the west side of town, and then the uh, homeless camp encampments, you know, a block away from their house. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why that's okay with anybody, with them or with the, the you know, the governing bodies of those towns and, and counties and, and state. I just don't get it. It's, it's like I spoke to a gentleman the other day who had just come back from Washington, D.C., where he was filming a documentary of some sort, and he told me, you know, I'm looking at these homeless encampments in the nation's capital, and I'm thinking, like, this is outrageous. And, I, you know, I, I always say that when I come back from D.C. Like, what, what does it say about us that our nation's capital looks like, uh, you know, tent city? It doesn't say much. It really doesn't. So... L.A. is still very L.A. Um, I don't know how young families can afford to take themselves to these theme parks. I, you know, it's been a long time since I've done that. You know, with my, my own children were little 35, 40 years ago. 
So I, you know, even then I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you know, a ticket for a one day is like $70. And I was like, oh, this is outrageous. And now these tickets are like a hundred and a half for one day. And doesn't matter how old you are either. And I just, I, I, I don't understand. I, I mean, I hope that everyone can afford to do that with their families if they want to. You know, not everybody wants to, but I saw a lot of young families with multiple children walking around wearing, you know, various uh, souvenir head, you know, headpieces. You know, it's not Mickey Mouse land, so they don't have the ears, but there was something coming out of the Super Mario Brothers, which is the latest. It just opened up last week. And and these people, grown-ups, were wearing these, like, you know, Luigi's on their head. It was very bizarre. And and, and Mario caps. And I, I just, there's a lot of grown-ups that are still big babies. I can tell you that. Even in Harry Potter world, or whatever that section was, there were, like, full-grown men and women wearing these wizard robes and uh, you know, time turners around their neck and all. I'm like, what? I don't know. I was never into that kind of fantasy play, to be honest. You know, my idea of, of uh, you know, fantasy play is like, can I actually bowl a game and not be embarrassed because my score is so ridiculous? But what can I tell you? It's a whole new world. I will tell you one thing, though. The devices that everyone walks around with, even people who are trying to consciously not be on those devices all the time, like I am and, you know, and my son and my daughter-in-law, we don't want to be on those devices when we should be enjoying the children, enjoying one another. But it's, the, the, the pull is so profound. I just, you know, I did my best, but I was far from home. I, I needed to know what was going on. And I depend so much on that cell phone in my pocket. It's like, really, uh, it's disturbing. Well, so of course, now the uh, federal government is going to uh, outlaw TikTok, which I think is really interesting because I have two strong feelings about this. One is, what it, why did it take them so long? I mean, they already banned it on all governmental devices. Um, and then two is like, well, what, what, what are we afraid of? Are we afraid that China has a whole lot of personal information on us? Duh. You know, I feel like uh, I feel like Homer Simpson, which was the best part of the whole trip yesterday, was I enjoyed Krusty Land or whatever it was. I, I still do. <laughs> I do get a chuckle out of uh, Homer and Bart. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching myself and watching other people and I'm seeing them on these devices a lot of teenagers you know if you go go anywhere you see teenagers on their cell phones and I'm sure many of them are on the social media apps like TikTok if not TikTok and it's a little late like you know it's like closing the barn door after the horse got out I just don't know it's like going to give money to the Ukraine after they've ostensibly lost the war. I, I just don't get it. I think that we are, we're always a dollar short and a day late or whatever that expression is. You know, now we have uh, the president talking about raising revenue by increasing taxes on oil and gas companies and hiking the corporate tax rate to 28%, it's now I think at 21%, and allowing Medicare 
to negotiate drug prices. You know, meanwhile, what are his priorities? Where's he spending money? Well, increased funding for early childhood education and child care, expanding the $35 cap on insulin prices to all Americans, and expanding free community college. Uh, a little bit of military spending. I think they want to boost it to $835 billion, making it the, among the largest peacetime expenditures in U.S. history, which should tell you something about how their plan on peace. It's non-existent. But of course, you know, it's just bizarre. I looked at the budget early this morning. You know, I, I get off this plane. I come, my husband picks me up. I come home. It's like I'm wiped out. Uh, I barely have a voice. And, I, you know, I have like the, the usual impending cold from being on an airplane with all those people hacking away. And the ever-present airplane headache that I have for 24 hours after any flight. So I'm looking at this budget that the president had submitted. I'm looking at it this morning. Probably not the best, you know, breakfast uh, at Tiffany's for anybody to do, but it's my job, right? He says he's going to cut $3 trillion from the federal deficit over the next decade. He won't live a whole decade, I doubt. I mean, maybe he will. Look at Jimmy Carter still in, you know, hanging in there. Um, he's going to levy a 25% minimum tax on the wealthiest Americans. So now let me ask you a question. If the federal government is going to take 25 cents out of every dollar that you earn, are you uh, likely to try to earn more money or are you just going to sort of sit where you are? I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I can tell you this. If I have to pay, and this is just the federal government, because now if you live in California, like my son, if you're going to have to pay 25% on your federal income tax, and then you have to pay another 20% on your state tax, and then you have to pay another 10% on your county tax, and then you get to add in sales tax, which is extraordinarily high there, and property taxes, which are off the charts there, you're like working for the government until December every year. <laughs> you know, my son and daughter-in-law literally are, are paying ridiculous percentage of their income, and my daughter and her husband as well in San Francisco, to various governments, and they don't have any quality of life. I know they like to tell me, oh, we love the life out here, and oh, it's, uh, it's so wonderful, and uh, California, blah, 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 and we have uh, medical this, and you know, they're always bragging about California, but I'm thinking, that's a pretty hefty price to have to pay. You know, 75 cents on every dollar? There's no way I would work as hard as I work and only get to keep a quarter of my money? Uh, no. And then to watch the government, you know, cut billion-dollar checks to the Ukraine or, uh, you know, whatever it is that they decide to spend their money on, my money on, uh, that makes no sense to me. Bureaucracies that have spiraled into, you know, multi-million-dollar payrolls every month. It's like, what? Wait a minute. Hold on. And and now you you think you're going to cut the federal deficit in ten years by just raising taxes? I think that's been tried before and failed, okay? The only way you're going to cut the federal deficit is to cut spending, period. That's it. We have to cut spending. But they don't want to do that. They just don't. 
You know, they'd rather uh, make the corporate tax rate 28%. Who's going to open a business here under those circumstances? They'll run to Ireland as they already are doing. Now, the, the big question, of course, that everybody continues to ask is, is this Joe Biden going to run for re-election in 2024? I mean, you look at some of the videotape of him speaking and you think to yourself, there's just no way. The Democrats cannot be that bankrupt that they would run someone who's literally, definitely not making any decisions and definitely having a hard time articulating any positions. Now, I know he's being spoon-fed these things, but come on. You know, this is it? This is all you got? You're going to run this guy for re-election and, and think he has a, a chance? Um, but then again, you know, if you, if you master the art of cheating, of course he has a chance, right? The White House Office of Management and Budget Director Shalanda Young did you even know the OMB director's name was Shalanda Young? Because I just found out. Uh, she told a bunch of reporters that they're able to cut deficit spending by asking the wealthy and big corporations to begin to pay their fair share and by cutting wasteful spending on big pharma, big oil, and other special interests. So wait a minute. Big pharma? Now, trust me, nobody dislikes big pharma more than I do, but are you going to take away our medications? What, what exactly do you mean? And big oil? I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm not buying an electric vehicle. I'm just not doing it. You know, if they tell me that I have to do it, I will probably not go very far from home. I'll only be able to go as far as I can walk or ride my bicycle, you know? So no, no, this isn't going to work. Uh, most of us are not going to do these. We're not going to fall in line. We found out what falling in line looked like during COVID, and now we're sitting through COVID hearings in Congress, which tell us that we were lied to, that 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 over and over again we were given the misinformation from our own government, not misinformation from media companies, although they keep wanting to tell you that's where the misinformation was. It wasn't from guys like Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. It was from Dr. Anthony Fauci who somehow, working in the public sector all these years, managed to become a multimillionaire and then screwed the pooch, screwed us all with some of these uh, insane restrictions that he promised would uh, stem the flow of COVID-19. Maybe not doing gain and function research in the first place would have stemmed the flow or the possibility that we would all be hit as hard as we were hit. I will tell you the good news about California is nobody's wearing a mask. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but nobody with a brain is wearing a mask. I walked around that theme park yesterday, and I, the only people I saw wearing masks were um, few and far between, and you, you know, they were Democrats. I think there's a political statement. <laughs> the mask has become the political statement. It doesn't really mean anything. Somebody had sent me a great... Uh, piece, a, a meme, or whatever you call these things, uh, with a uh, the Joe Biden's new campaign hat. It says, uh, Biden Fetterman 2024. It's a no-brainer. Come on. You got to admit that's funny. Some people are so clever. Anyway, let me uh, remind you to download our app, the 850 WFTL app. That was great. I got to listen to my own show when I was in California. I was listening to these best-of tapes that Sharina had so elegantly put together. I got to hear it right on my cell phone. Oh, 
wasn't I just saying we look at and listen to our cell phones too too much? Yeah, we do. I do. I admit it. I fall on my own sword. Um, and the, and visit the website because we have all kinds of great contests going on. And you cannot participate in these contests just by wishing and hoping and thinking and praying, as uh, Dusty Springfield once said. You need to have the app or you need to be on the website, 850wftl.com. Let me take a quick break. I will be right back. So that- this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, filters through my consciousness, especially when I get away from Florida, because, you know, we live in a state where we have this awesome governor. And of course, you know, immediately, anytime anybody does a really good job, everybody wants to move them out of the job into another job, except me. I, that's never my, my, uh, my first thought. But you go to a state like California where you got a governor like Gavin Newsom and you look around and you ask yourself, you know, this question, like, why would people vote for the kind of government that literally can't take care of them? You know, my my daughter-in-law, who's, you know, an attorney, uh, br- brilliant, uh, my, you know, this is a family of, of uh, professionals and I get it, you know, um, She's actually in between jobs right now, but she, you know, the kind of jobs that she's being offered are like incredible. General counsel for you know major co- corporations and things like that. But, but the interesting part was, she is part of a fundraising committee at her public school because if they don't raise money, they can't have like teachers' aides in the classrooms. They can't have like things that like schools are supposed to provide these parents who pay property taxes that would blow our minds. I mean, we're talking, you think you have high property taxes in Palm Beach County? They would, they would love to have your, your uh, what do they call that? Um, the way it's measured, whatever. They would love to be paying what you're paying on a similar size property or a similar uh, you know, dollar home. Uh, but they don't. They pay probably four times higher taxes than you do. And then they got to go raise money to make sure that the kids can have a teacher's aide in the room or have enough, you know, pencils. I, I, I just find that so- last year she told me they raised $450,000. This is not the PTA. That's a whole separate thing. This is like a group of parents who literally are raising money so that the school can do what the school's supposed to be doing 
And I'm supposed to think that Governor Gavin Newsom is a potential presidential candidate? Come on, man. This guy has to be the worst governor in the country right now. Well, the Hochul in New York is definitely worse. And you can't really say much about Illinois either, Pritzker or any of the. They're all bad. I mean, a lot of bad, bad governors. All the ones who are not conservatives are, are, are just lousy. You know, and the mayors, forget it. You know, I, I look at these cities. I look at Mayor Adams. He's all freaked out about immigration. Well, you you wanted a sanctuary city. Don't hold me up over here in uh, Coconut Creek or Margate or wherever it is that I live at any given moment. Don't tell me I got to pay uh, money to New York to take care of the illegal immigrants that we're, we happen to be uh, sending your way. You're the sanctuary city. We're not. We're not a sanctuary state. You are. So where are we supposed to send them? We were sending them to D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, but that apparently uh, didn't go over very well, <laughs> which is the best reason to do it, right? But those kinds of you know acts that a governor can make, a president can't. And that's why I don't understand when people go, oh, but look at what he did. Okay, you can do that when you're a governor. A good governor can do things, amazing things, be an executive. But a, a president is much more hamstrung. He's got to work with Congress. And, uh, you know, right now, Governor DeSantis has a Republican legislature. What do you want? Want to ban books? Ban books. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. I certainly don't want books about, you know, uh, sex in, in middle school or, or elementary school. I certainly don't want books about alternative lifestyles in any schools. You know, that's just not appropriate. How about books about, you know, like uh, uh, Martin Luther King? How about, <laughs> why are they, you know, giving our kids books about, you know, uh, how two men can have safe sex? I'm not interested in schools teaching my children that or my grandchildren that. It's crazy. So yeah, I mean, there's some books that you wanna limit the, uh, where the kid can access those books but I'm not for banning books ever. You know, if a parent wants to give their kid that book, okay, you know, go over to Barnes and Noble or go on Amazon, order the book and share it with your child. But don't, don't give it to my child because you think it's appropriate. Because I don't. And that's not, you know, I'm not a prude by any measure. But there's a, you know, there's a, a, a real ceiling of what I think is appropriate for children. Because then you run into all these things. All I heard when I was away, I'm trying not to listen to a lot of news, right? Trying to just be in the moment, be with my family. And I'm listening to all these stories. Uh, this this principal had uh, unlimited uh, you know, child porn in his computer, and this teacher was taking home this child. And I'm talking about news from Florida. And I'm like, well, does anybody besides me notice that a lot of this stuff coincides with these lax and loosened moral messages that we send children? Like if you tell your kid that anything goes, then you got to live by that sword. And if in school they're teaching your kid, well, this is how, uh, you know, two men make love. What do you think is going to happen if some grown man approaches your kid? I know what I hope would happen, that your kid would run to the nearest authority. Oh, wait a minute. The nearest authority just got busted for child porn. Oh, well, 
let's let's come up with a, another solution. That that that's not banning books. That's controlling access to books, and I'm all for that. But there's also this movement in the country right now to literally make some books uh, unavailable, and I I don't I don't think uh, I don't think we should start going down that road. You know in L.A., they have this, uh, or at least on the street where my kids live, and actually it was the street where they lived last time as well, these, some households will put a little like, um, it looks like a big uh, birdhouse, but it's actually, it's called a, a, a local library. And people will put books in there, and people will take books out of there to read. And I, I stumbled, I, was, I took a long walk on Tuesday, and I stumbled across the little library. I always look in it to see what are people reading. This was the books that were in that little library. Now, mind you, I'm in the most liberal state in the Union. Well, maybe Massachusetts is more liberal, but definitely a contender in the top three. I'm in the most liberal city uh, outside of San Francisco in the universe, right? And here are the books that were in there. Uh, 1984, Animal Farm, uh, Lord of the Flies, which I borrowed. I borrowed Lord of the Flies. I can't remember when I last read that. It was probably when I was in high school, which was 60 years ago, or, you know, not quite, but 50-something years ago, all right? And those were the books that were in there, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. These are, oh, and, and uh, uh, Ayn Rand's Fountainhead. Okay, and there were some other books like you know books about birds and natural things, econ ecological books, but I'm looking at these what I consider very conservative themed books in the lending library, and I'm thinking now I'm going to borrow this, and I I asked my son to put a book in there because you're supposed to take one and 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 leave one. And so I said, I don't want to pick any of your books. I don't know what you know, you're willing to part with, but could you please pick a book and put it in there, um, which he did. And you know, I think that's a really cool idea. The problem with uh, doing it here is we don't walk around. You know, I don't know about the rest of you, but I get in my car and I go somewhere. And then maybe I walk around there. But I don't take long walks because, well, I do, but it's all within my community. And, and I think I'm going to post one of these little lending libraries at the end of my, you know, uh, parking lot and see if people are interested. We have one in our building. We actually have on my floor at, where all the storage lockers are. We have these like books shelves and everybody puts books there. Now, of course, I get all these books uh, for nothing to read from authors who want me to interview them. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But after I read the books, I put them on those lending shelves. And uh, unfortunately, I live in like, uh, you know, uh, uh, the vast liberal wasteland. No one ever takes my books. <laughs> but hey, you know, the day will come when they'll want to read, uh, you know, 1984 again or Animal Farm because they'll have this vague memory of like, wait a minute. You know, some of that stuff is actually, it isn't a conspiracy theory if it actually happens, is it? Hmm. Maybe the origins of COVID was a lab leak. Wow, go figure. All right, let me take a quick break. Uh, you, you are listening to a very, very tired Joyce Kaufman, but always eager to spend some time with you. I'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, the, the more I look at some of the news stories that are out there that the mainstream media just doesn't want to cover, 
the more I'm convinced that it's, it's not conspiracy theories. Most of the stuff that I've been talking about for the last couple of years is not conspiracy theories. These are actual issues. These things are happening. And we, we really, we need to, to pay more careful attention and not to dismiss people as tinfoil hats when they ask questions because what we're discovering is that those questions should have been asked all along, you know, and, and weren't. And now it's very, very difficult to, you know, put the, the, the cork back in the bottle or the genie back in the bottle or in the lamp or whatever, you know, you know how I mix up those, uh, those colloquialisms. But there is so, um, there's so much, news that they refuse to report on. Like for instance, I'm supposed to go out and watch my these same grandchildren uh, in a couple of months. The reason is that one of my daughter-in-law's best friends is gonna ha be celebrating her 40th birthday and they're all going down to this very she-she resort in Mexico. So I said to my daughter-in-law and my son, I said, Wow, you know, I'll gladly watch the kids, but like, do you feel comfortable traveling to Mexico? Oh yeah, stop it. Stop. Okay, within eight hours of my having that conversation with them, four Americans get attacked, and you know, and two of them are dead, and one of them's injured. And, uh, you know, this is in Matamoros, downtown Matamoros, Mexico, which is a, a town filled. These were four people, um, American citizens in a van. I think they were from one of the Carolinas, either South or North Carolina. I don't remember. Um, you know, it must have been South Carolina because I kept watching Senator Lindsey Graham talking. And, you know, uh, of course, the, the four people that, that were attacked were this close-knit group of friends who traveled to Mexico from South Carolina for like a vacation. The, what actually was more than a vacation. One of the, the women was planning to get a tummy tuck at a clinic in, uh, in Mexico. And, and a lot of people do that. A lot of Americans cross the border, go into Mexico for these medical procedures. Ask me if I would do that, no way. But they were doing it. And so three of her friends accompanied her, right? Um, Lat Latavia Washington, Shaid Woodard, Zindel Brown, and Eric James Williams, a close-knit group of friends, okay? They were accompanying this uh, Latavia, Latavia Washington McGee, 33 years old, okay? And they crossed into Mexico on Friday, were targeted by gunmen, in what Mexican investigators believe was a case of mistaken identity, okay? So they just start shooting up, armed men, told the Americans to stop their car, but the driver speeds up instead, according to two people who were, you know, uh, familiar with the investigation and were not authorized to speak publicly. Two of the victims were found alive, the tummy tuck, Miss McGee and Mr. Williams, and returned to the U.S. on Tuesday as were the bodies of Mr. Woodward and Mr. Brown. Their bodies are still in Mexico. They weren't returned. 
Latanya Williams, Mr. Woodard's fiance, said in an interview that he did not usually travel far from home, but decided to go to Mexico to support his cousin, Miss McGee, and to celebrate his birthday, which is today, March 9th. He was like, hey, my birthday's coming. This will be a trip for my birthday. Her fiance, she said, never hesitated to offer other people help. He would give you the shirt off his back. He would give you his last dollar if you needed it. Well, now he can't give anybody anything because he was in a very hostile uh, country, which is our next door neighbor, and which is allowing unlimited amounts of people, not, not, not mostly Mexicans anymore, to cross our southern border right around that, that area. Gil Kurlikowski, who's a former commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, uh, actually under the Obama administration, said he hears it from his peers in the DEA all the time, that, the, that it's uh, a mess, that Mexico's kicking out DEA agents and the Biden administration won't openly criticize this uh, new leader, uh, Lopez Obrador. They don't want to provoke the Mexican leader. All we do is worrying about whether or not we're provoking Putin or we're provoking uh, Xi Jinping or, we're, uh, or now Lopez Obrador. Uh, they don't mind provoking us. They don't do anything. That, that would help America retain its sovereign borders. They don't do anything to get to the bottom of criminal investigations. We got all this violence and all these potential threats to democracy in, in Mexico, and, and when are they gonna have a conversation with uh, Mr. Lopez Obrador about it? They need to be talking a little more honestly with these people, because things are not well. And that, those comments, that I read earlier, that I was telling you earlier, came from a Democrat. They don't, you know, the White House said yesterday, this was fascinating, Karine Jean-Pierre, I, I caught her on the plane, I guess it was a repeat of uh, the press conference that was being shown on some show, and she said that, that they, the White House does not endorse classifying the cartels as terrorists. That if they did that, they wouldn't have any authority that they don't already have. And, and they're already using sanctions designed to combat narcotics organizations. G give me a break. If they're not terrorists, how many American kids have to die, young people have to die of fentanyl overdoses, of uh, drugs that we don't even, I don't even know what their names are that, that the, police, the, the sheriff's department was talking about recently here in Florida. You know, it's some other uh, opioid derivative crap that they're putting into these pills and then uh, bringing them across the border and giving them to your college students and then they die. And, and, but the, but the, the cartels are not terrorists. Why? Because they don't come blazing with the uh, submachine guns, which by the way, they apparently just did to four American tourists. Who, by the way, now I would not normally bring this up, but since it's all they ever want to talk about, anymore is race. These were all BIPOC. These were people of color who got literally murdered just for crossing into the border of Mexico. Come on, guys. This is, uh, this is insane. You, you, you can't, wh why are they not deemed terrorists? 
I think all these narcotics organizations and all these gangs are absolutely terrorists. I think Antifa should be declared terrorists. And by the way, they arrested a whole slew of them recently. About time. You know, how, how long have I been calling for that? But of course, you know, nobody cares what we're talking about. This was in Atlanta, right? There was some protest that was uh, going on near a police training center, and uh, they made some arrests. So uh, the, the membership, this is from the Atlanta Police Department when I was reading an article, uh, this peaceful protest, right? It's always a peaceful protest when it's Antifa. If it's, uh, you know, American citizens walking into the Capitol building, that is an insurrection. But these are peaceful protests near training centers where uh, apparently the, uh, the dreaded law enforcement officials are being trained so that they perhaps can be more circumspect before they you know, shoot a suspect. But no, 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 we, we can't accept that. Instead, we have to protest the fact that police exist at all. 23 individuals were charged with domestic terrorism, finally, over the protest. The training center, which these protesters had dubbed Cop City, has drawn the attention of environmental demonstrators and police opponents. Now, what are environmental demonstrators doing with police opponents? You know, how, how do those two groups come together? Because they don't, in my mind. You know, the violent agitators, that, the Antifa types, they don't care about the environment. They don't care about peaceful protests either, by the way. They throw rocks and bricks and Molotov cocktails and they throw fireworks at police officers and they released a video that I watched this morning. The police department in Atlanta showed a construction vehicle on fire. They love to send police cars and uh, vehicles on fire and they showed the police in this video literally dodging fireworks like they're, you know, and, and I'm not making light of what, soldiers go through, but it, it looked like they were, you know, under fire in Fallujah, but it was in Atlanta, and fires are burning, and one of the people who got arrested was uh, uh, one of the lawyers for the Southern Poverty Law Center, who says he was, I was there as a legal observer with the National Lawyers Guild. Come on, man. You know, right away, it's like, oh, heavy-handed law enforcement intervention. Oh, shouldn't have been like this. Really? Well, um, you know, if, if the Southern Poverty Law Center has attorneys working for them who are members of Antifa, then the Southern Poverty Law Center is a hate group, and they shouldn't be trying to identify other groups, which are not hate groups, as hate groups. Just saying. They ought to list themselves as a hate group. If their members are Antifa, who are domestic terrorists, and, and this is the FBI, this is the source that the FBI uses to say who should be considered a domestic terrorist. They go to the Southern Poverty Law Center. But uh, hey, Tom Jurgens, staff attorney, Southern Poverty Law Center, I saw his uh, LinkedIn page. Atlanta police have not identified Antifa as the group behind the violence on Sunday. Yeah, right. The uh, Southern Poverty Law Center has not responded to inquiries about charges of Jurgen's alleged affiliation with the movement. 
and they never will. They won't answer, and the media won't push. And that's what this started out, is, is I don't understand how we have a fourth estate that refuses to, to follow the leads of any stories. They're not interested in stories. They're right away, it's, oh, right-wing nuts, and oh, that's, that's a conspiracy theory. Instead of like, well, let me uh, actually look into this. This uh, seems to be something that we should be concerned with. When you know they call it Cop City and they're attacking police officers with fireworks and burning down construction vehicles, like maybe that's an interesting story. Maybe we should cover it. Did you see that story anywhere? Now, I go to a lot of news sites. I didn't see it anywhere except on really right-wing <laughs> news sites as they would refer, me, refer to them. You know, but nothing on the mainstream news. I didn't see it on the nightly news in California. I watched that one night. No, no mention of, uh, of uh, the Atlanta riot, the Atlanta insurrection against police officers because you can't talk about that. You know, that they're the good guys. But let's bring up January 6th again and again and again. Chuck Schumer walking around on the floor. Of, oh, I can't believe the danger Kevin McCarthy put us Oh, my God, now people know. You know, give it a rest, Chuck. When are all these old people going to go away? Mitch McConnell fell. You know, I wish him well. I, I think he should, you know, go home and, uh, and and get some physical therapy and consider retirement. Just just saying, you know, that I, I don't understand why we got so many eighty-year-olds serving in Congress. You know, I'm I'm not even seventy yet, and I wouldn't. I'm not fit enough to serve in Congress. Uh, I'm about as fit as John Fetterman, which is not fit at all. All right, don't forget coming up at one o'clock, Dan Bongino. At four o'clock is Ben Shapiro. At six o'clock, the WPTV News, and then uh, Joe Pags and Lars Larson, and of course, back in the morning, Jen and Bill to wrap this week up right here on eight fifty WFTL. I'm going to be right back to finish my last segment. Stay there. Yeah, and, and, you know, look, I talk about it all the time. You know, the, if cartels are not terrorists, then I don't know who are, you know. And if Murdoch didn't get a death penalty for killing his wife and his son, then who deserves a death penalty? If 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 the Parkland murderer didn't get a death penalty, then the, why, why even pretend to have a death penalty? Because those are like the most heinous crimes that you can think of. And I, I just, I, I wonder sometimes if, if, you know, instead of accusing me of being a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist, why don't you listen to what I'm talking about, not you, but, you know, the authorities, and, and, and try to explain some of these things. You know, why would you just dismiss it? I, I mean, there was a 19-month-old baby died from fentanyl exposure in, in whatever, Wellington, uh, apparently at an Airbnb. <clears throat> and and now the, the family is suing. They put their kid down for a, a nap, right? And they come back, and, you know, she's foaming at the mouth and listless. And they find fentanyl in her blood at toxic levels. This is a kid who had no known medical conditions. The parents had no idea what the drug was, even, you know. They booked... Uh, a party at the Airbnb, but just the night before, the police were called to that location because there was some kind of party going on. It was rented by uh, some guy who said, 
you know, that the group of individuals who stayed at the residence had used cocaine and marijuana in the residence. He is familiar with fentanyl and stated there was no fentanyl in the residence. Like, oh, come on, guys. The, that's what the, the person who rented the house told you, and that was not suspect. But if I say drug cartels are trying to kill off entire populations here in America, that is conspiracy? I, I, you just, you can't make this stuff up. The defendant confirmed he rented the home from July 30th to August 1st, and then the Laveniers booked it from August 6th to the 9th. And yeah, look, I, I don't blame the parents. I, I just don't. I'll tell you the other thing, and we're gonna get into this at some great depth, um, besides eventually the podcast that I'm working on on Malcolm X, which is actually coming out great. It's probably gonna be a two-part podcast, and I'm glad I'm doing it this way instead of just hit and miss. I'm trying to make it a really uh, tight, 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 you know, exploration of what I think is a very, very mysterious tragedy that we never bothered to get to the bottom of. So I'm gonna do that. But the other thing that I, I literally um, have to talk about, I'm getting emails every single day from people who are so terrified that the insurance rates, property insurance rates, are gonna go through the roof because of all of these 40-year-old buildings, including the one I live in, which are going to be subjected to these very expensive inspections, which the the condo association are going to have to pay for, and then possibly very expensive repairs. Now, look, obviously, I don't want you know the building to come tumbling down, unfortunately, like what happened in Surfside. So we do want to err on the side of caution. But you know, who you're going to knock people on fixed incomes? You know, I still work. I I have savings. So I'll be able to handle it. But I live among people who have no, you know, they don't have a lot of savings left. They never thought they're going to live to be 90 and 93 and, and 95. I got a neighbor who's 97. You know, they, they really, you know, they, they're kind of running out of, uh, of money. And, and the ones right behind them are as well. And now they're fearful, all the time fearful that the condo, and even young, younger homeowners and condo owners are telling me what are we going to do you know it's going to be uh, it's going to price everybody out it's going to make these properties worthless you know people spent their whole lives to retire down here and you know what's what's their future look like and I do want to talk about that I probably invite Eric Glazer on because he knows a lot about you know homeowners associations and condos and all the rest of it but it is uh, the insurance dilemma is going to get really very, very, very troubling in very, very soon. All right. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back at this microphone at noon tomorrow if it be his will and he delays his coming because what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. May God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. I'll see you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.